This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD or Compass in Fairfield, Connecticut. If at any point during the show you want to learn more information, give us a call, 800-339-9252, or you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at the website, scroll on down to the radio section of the page. You can check out past shows and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify, or whatever they come out with next. That way you can make sure you're always kept up to date with our latest episodes. Now, it's likely that you would agree that managing money effectively is an important activity, But the question is, do you spend enough time managing your money? Now, today we're going to look at some money management tips. And one of our first tips is to make sure you're giving money management the time it needs because not all people are. In fact, according to an article on The Ascent, a website managed by The Motley Fool, Americans spend 25 times more time cleaning house than managing money. And they also provide some ways to make your money management time more efficient. Now, but before we dive into this article... Let's manage uh-huh, to welcome our co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how you doing today? Well, I'm doing good. But I mean, really, it sounds like, you know, money management tips. It's great to have these. Uh, but really, don't we just need you uh, to be our money manager? Yeah, but I can't be everywhere That's at all true. times, and Tony. That's we, true. We, and there are some things we can do on our own, but we should all be working with a trusted financial professional, a fiduciary like yourself. But yes, I have been great. I've had a great week. And now that I'm here with you, I'm looking over at you thinking, this is so much fun. We should do we should do this every day. We really should. You think there's a station out there that would uh, air our show every single day? Nope. <laughs> nope. Not for free. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Once they hear how much fun we have. Uh, and well, there's, there are some radio shows that air every single day on financial topics, but unfortunately they're really not much worth listening to. I think you save your information up for a week and, uh, you can disseminate a little bit better information. Hence, hence this show, right? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And so I've been good. How about you? What have you been up to? I've been cranking away at the office, which, you know, keeps us busy and happy and our clients happy. And then, you know, it's winter time. So uh, chasing the kids around in the snow and, uh, down mountains. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. And I know you love that. You love spending time with family. And I know you also at the same time, throw yourself into your work, right? Yes. Yes, we do. And, uh, in heck, we even teach the kids, you know, we talk about these same, some of these same tips we're going to be talking about today. My kids already know. So it's only fair that, people listening there you go there you go i don't know i don't know whether it's good or bad to be well i know it would be a lot of fun to be your kid but uh your kids are very fortunate uh but yep you're teaching about about finances early on and as they grow so i think that's good now management tips i feel okay matt with my current money uh, management style but i can always learn more so where do we start 
Uh, we start with, let's start with something I think is extremely important for everyone. And that's to make a budget. That's for so many people. That's Ooh, a painful yeah, word, B word, but you know, it's, it's budgets don't necessarily mean you can't do something. A budget lets you know what you can do. You know, if you just flip that around, it makes it a little easier. It can be especially important if you don't already have one in place. It may take some time to create the initial budget. And I, again, I don't think that's why most people don't want to do it. But in the end, it will be well worth it to have a fuller understanding of your expenses, how they relate to your income. You know, are you spending more than you assumed on a, in certain areas? Or maybe your dining out is too high or maybe entertainment's higher than you thought it was. Are there any surprises on your expense ledgers? Maybe there's some unused subscriptions or memberships you're not even, you know, bothering to take advantage of anymore. You mean like that gym membership? A yeah, lot of people this time one. of year have gym memberships. They get them, they start the year off right, and then uh, around March, you go into that gym, they, they kind of empty out. Yeah, and then you go, and then you see the people try and cancel that gym membership. And boy, if you ever want a s seminar in great sales techniques, <laughs> just stand behind that guy. <laughs> yeah, try to cancel a gym membership. It was like when say I... What, uh, the hoops I had to jump through to cancel my cable. Yeah, say what people will about car salesmen. I'll tell you, the toughest ones are those cancel my gym membership lines. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but have you ever tried to cancel your cable TV if you had cable? I They will pass honestly, you along. Had, they'll I, pass <laughs> you up the food chain to a higher, higher manager, and they'll offer you more and more. I haven't had cable since 2001, yeah. so... Uh, You're, yeah. You were ahead of that uh -huh. curve. Well, I haven't had cable in a couple of years, but when I did try to cancel it, it was like, oh, yeah, what's wrong? What's, why sure. are you canceling? Well, it's too expensive. Okay, we're going to give you the same package you have for half price, half of what you're paying. <laughs> why didn't you just do that in the first and, and place? That, and that makes me <laughs> more angry. They kept coming. Yeah. To, actually, they said, we'll give you this deal. And I go, well, I don't want all that. And it is about the same. Yeah, but you get twice as many channels and all the premium channels for about the same as you're paying. So really, I called to tell them it was too expensive, but they ended up trying to sell me something that was $10 more. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> that is not good money management if you were to fall for that, Tony. So, hey, we're, you just made tip 1A. Okay, tip 1A. All right. <laughs> Yeah, so those, you know, and there's a good one. That, that can add up, especially things like yeah. that. So don't fall yeah. for that. Uh, keep an eye on those other things. And next, track your spending in relationship to your budget. Simply having a budget but not following it closely, it's like baking a cake by only looking at the recipe once. Are you sure it's the right amount of sugar? Keeping an eye close on your budget, it can help you manage your money more efficiently. There was a nerdwallet.com article from May of 2018. I know it's going back a little bit, but it's told, let's get real. What an average retirement costs. Now, the average retiree household spends almost as much on uh, entertainment as households in the 25 to 34 age bracket at nearly $200 a month. And that doesn't include food, which averages $483 per month for retiree households. It gives you an average of nearly $700 for food and entertainment each month in retirement. So very similar wow. to those people just out of college. Well, and that's yeah. a lot of money to spend on entertainment yeah. and food. I'm sure for some of us, uh, that would be an area where we could save more money. But I, I've got to go back to that uh, line. You said uh, it's like trying to bake a cake by only looking at the recipe once. That's exactly how my wife makes everything. 
I, I don't, I, that's how I cook, but not how I bake. Yeah. That's how she cooks and bakes. And, um, that's uh. probably why it doesn't turn out. Uh, but seriously, uh, we do need to find ways to save more money. Yeah. And there, you know, another helpful way to do that, especially increase your, uh, your efficiency when it comes to money management, monitor your credit cards and bank balances, credit card interest and fees can add up very quickly. Now, overdraft fees or fraudulent charges can damage your bank balances, your credit. By regularly monitoring your credit cards, bank balance, you can protect your money from fees and fraud. There was a recent survey from bankrate.com. Uh, it was called Survey. Rising ATM and overdraft fees leave consumers paying much more than they did 20 years ago. The average bank overdraft fee was $33.36. Wow. Now, take that. So how do you get an overdraft fee? Because you didn't have enough money in your account and now you owe them more money. And I'll, one of my favorite comedians did a joke about it. He said, now, so if you use those dollars, now you need $33 and 36 cents to have no money. <laughs> wow. You'll still have $0 after oh, you have that, no, that's you know? Terrible. So yeah. Yeah. So be very careful, especially if you have a low balance overdraft fees will start to kill you. And that's, you know, that's the difference between people who can be successful in financial matters and people who are always struggling. There's another thing, uh, this average surcharge for an ATM, $3 and nine cents. That's a record high. The average surcharge has set a new record high in each of the past 15 years. Wow. Wow. It feels like every time I stop by an ATM, that surcharge just keeps going up. Yeah. And you're not alone there. Uh, there's more and more consumers are going out of their way to use their own bank ATMs. Now, luckily, I you know for my personal banking, I use a, a credit union. All the credit unions here work together, so there's no fees. But if you're using a particular bank and they hit you with those fees, that can really add up. The, there's a article from June of 2019, Mercator Advisory Services. ATM banking, it's not just about cash withdrawal anymore. It found 94% of respondents prefer to use their own bank's ATM. That number dwarfs the 22% that would use another bank's or ATM or the 19% that would use an ATM not related to any bank. And it's understandable when looking at the bankrate.com survey data, they found that out of network ATMs, those that are likely from another bank or unrelated to any bank, maybe it's at the convenience store or something, had an average surcharge of nearly $5. So if you stop at an ATM for some pocket cash, say $20, that surcharge is a very uncomfortable 25% and borderline loan sharking. So you can see how quickly those fees could add up. So avoiding fees is a smart financial decision, obviously. And I know that certain places have um, no fee ATMs now. So that's good to look for as well. Yeah, it's certainly a good idea to find ones that don't have the fees. And it's a great idea to avoid the fees. And another smart idea for money management, set some financial goals, set short-term and long-term goals. You may want to consider giving yourself weekly, monthly goals, and then you can monitor. You can see your progress towards those smaller goals, and it really can help you build momentum towards your bigger financial goals down the line. And there's a rule I always say when it comes to goals. If you think it, ink it, write it down, look at it once a day. The more you do that, the more likely you are to stay on track. I want to point out something that I feel connects with this whole conversation, and it comes from a study by The Ascent published in October 2019. We called it, How Much Time Does the Average American Spend on Personal Finance? Study found that nearly half of Americans want to be financially prepared for the future, but the most shocking part is only 97% of the study respondents are not taking time to do so. That is amazing. Nine, half of the 
country wants to do it, but only 3% of oh, them are. Only 3% actually take any time to do it. Well, um, yeah. uh, so let's uh, talk more about what this study discovered. Okay, so the study found that nearly half Americans, like I said, they want to be prepared for the future. 97% aren't doing it. So those who do spend time daily on managing their finances are spending less than two minutes a day. Two minutes a day. Think of all the things you do each day that take longer than two minutes. For some people, it's just getting out of bed <laughs> the older yeah. you get, right? Are any of them as important as your future financial security? Well, Matt, that's a good question. And I have to admit that I probably spend more than two minutes uh, on a lot of things that aren't as important as financial security. Yeah, and you're likely not alone in that. According to that report, the average American, they spend over 85 hours per month watching TV. That's nearly three hours a day on average. And yet, they're still only spending two minutes a day managing their finances. Uh, that means they could, uh, two minutes, you know, and, and then there's people that aren't doing it. If you just spent those two minutes, that's a, that's a commercial break, even if you're spending all that time watching TV. You don't have to be an accountant to calculate that the equation may need to be adjusted if you're not doing it. Yeah, and so that's really important, and it seems it does seem out of balance. In my opinion, study also points out some cognitive dissonance when it comes to intentions and attitudes about personal finance. 92% of the individuals in the study agreed with this following statement. Nothing makes me happier or more confident in life than feeling like my finances are in order. Now, the problem is, while that may be the desire for many of the respondents, their actions don't seem to be in alignment. Only around 59% of the respondents thought that they could be described as highly financially disciplined or disciplined at all. So there's clear room for improvement. And I think part of it comes to this. Yes, people want to feel that way. But a lot of times, especially people who are struggling financially, when they look at it, they start to feel worse. And that may lead to other bad decisions. So listen, it's tough. That's I, I always say, find a professional who'll work with you. There's, if you have nothing, there's people that'll help you. If you have tons of money, there's people that'll help you. And if you get stressed out thinking about it, having that coach, having that person on your side, helping you make some of these small little changes can be all the difference you need in the world to get to that next level. Well, yeah, and we're diving into some money management tips here, and that's a good one. And you've talked a lot about these statistics and some tactics we can use uh, to manage our money more efficiently. But where do we go from here? What are we going to talk about in our last segment now? All right, so in the last segment here, I want to switch gears away from the hard numbers and talk about something that's recently been in the news. And that's discount drug cards. Now, these cards may be a way for you to save money on some prescriptions, uh, and this can be important to people no matter what stage of life they're in, whether they're young, whether they're in their middle age, whether they're retirees, and this can help a lot of people. Well, and very helpful, and I'm not sure I know, though, about these drug discount cards. Tell us a little bit more. Well, I'm sure you've probably seen the cards advertised, some, and sometimes they promise huge savings by simply presenting your card when you pick up your prescriptions at the pharmacy. But the real question is, how do they work? Uh, what are they really? You know, how does your medical insurance factor into the equation? So let's work on some of those. Our resource for today, discount drug cards promise huge savings on your prescriptions. But is there a catch? It comes from money.com. It was published in October 2019. And it makes one point very clear. These cards are separate from your health insurance. And discount drug cards are generally free from fees. And they may provide lower prices at participating pharmacies and supermarkets. Ones like Walmart, Rite Aid, Walgreens, Safeway, more. They, they usually request that 
you share your types of medicine and your zip code. Yeah, and you know, now that you talk about it, I have seen some of those commercials on TV. It does seem like a really good deal, but then how do those companies make any money is my question. See, yeah, that's a good question. And you, you know, you probably notice them on TV, but it's probably the two minutes you're successfully spending on managing your finances. So I'm proud of you there. But these cards, back to this part, these cards make money by charging the participating stores a small fee for each transaction. For the stores, it's an opportunity to get you to come into their location. It's, it's almost like a loss leader, what they call a loss leader. The thinking is that if you enter the store to pick up your prescription, you'll likely purchase something else. You know, somebody has like this great deal on wing night. Wings are a dime, but you go in and then you spot, you know, people buy four beers and, an, and a meal or something afterwards. So they, you've, they've increased their sales. So if you've saved money on that prescription, the logic presumes you may be more likely to make an impulse purchase. Here's another great money tip. Don't. Don't make those impulse purchases go in with a list. It's important to mention that you cannot use most discount cards and your insurance at the same time. So you need to determine when to use the cards to maximize your savings. Uh, discount cards are not a replacement for prescription medical insurance. Uh, many drugs like those that do not have a generic equivalent may still be cheaper through your prescription drug coverage. Also, if, if you choose to use a prescription drug card instead, uh, instead of your insurance plan, the cost will not count against your insurance deductible. And that could be an important difference if you were expecting to surpass your deductible and get that filled well, out. Well, yeah, I imagine uh, some people could have their medical budgets designed with the expectation that they're going to pay their full deductible each year. So I can see that maybe being an important aspect to remember with this. Yeah, some people will schedule particular medical procedures around that. So you want to be you want to be careful with that. There's a lot of options for these drug prescription drug cards too, these discount ones, they likely all make money in similar ways, but their discounts might vary. Money.com looked at the prices for one common medication, Lipitor. Let's not talk about its efficacy. Let's talk about this. The brand name cholesterol medication was found at the price of $450 for 30 tablets with a dosage of 40 milligrams. Ouch. Oh, it's generic. Yeah. It's generic alternative could be found at a price as low as $6 oh. and 50 cents for the same prescription. So yeah, sometimes I do understand why people say we need healthcare reform, right? Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they found that those prices varied some between drug discount cards. Now one high blood pressure medication produced a savings of $10 a month or up to $120 a year, depending on the type of prescription drug card that was used. So it really may be worth investigating which card is best for your specific medications. Just like I always say, you want to make sure that whatever you're doing financially is best for your specific situation. And remember to check your prescription drug insurance coverage as well. You want to make sure that you're getting the option that fits your needs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And But how do you determine which of these discount drug cards might be the right one for you? Uh, retirementliving.com, they put together a listing of what they consider the best, you know, you know, prescription drug cards. I'll use air quotes there. You can find their listing at retirementliving.com backslash best hyphen prescription hyphen drug hyphen cards. Now we all know great websites have hyphens in their name. <laughs> Maybe one. It's the worst thing you could possibly put in a web address. And here we are with. Uh, Hold on. It's in mine. So clearly it's a good website that, you know, that's best prescription drug cards with hyphens in between each word. 
These rankings will provide details about some of the available options. Uh, and retirementliving.com also provides the following top prescription discount card tips. And that's this. If available, choose the generic option for your prescribed medication for the best discount. Then understand the ways prescription discount cards differ from insurance. And finally, use a prescription discount card company's mobile app for locating pharmacies and browsing discounts. Those seem like good things to keep in mind, though, Matt. Yeah, prescription drug discount cards are simply one way you can create potential healthcare cost savings, manage your money more efficiently. Or finding ways to save while on a fixed budget in retirement can be especially useful. It can be tempting to be drawn in by the advertisements and promises of lower costs. So I really hope this episode's given people some more knowledge about these cards, their options, some of the tips we talked about in the beginning. Uh, again, like, you know, things you can examine. And we want to make sure that you examine these tools before you use Oh, exactly. And earlier you talked about uh, more tips for money management, of course, which included mm -hmm. making the appropriate time to manage your money and avoid those fees, right? Yeah. Anytime you can reduce your fees without reducing service, you're doing a great, you're doing yourself a great a service, you know, uh, you, and if you want to review any of this, if you want to review any of the money management tips we talked about today, you can replay this show at compass-ltd.com, one of those great websites with a hyphen in the name. Uh, and, and, you know, scroll down, there's past shows. And if you need any of this information, go ahead and replay it on the, on the All right. Well, as usual, the time flew by and we're out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners, Matt, before we go? Sure. If you liked what you heard, you know, be sure to go to the website, compass-ltd.com and head over to the radio page, the radio section of the page. Uh, and for past shows, it, Compass, we do our best to provide you with information to help you make sound decisions, build a retirement on a solid foundation. We really want to help you live that life you want today while keeping that eye on the life you want to have in the future. So if you have any questions about today's shows, comments, topics you'd like to hear us talk about, Call us 800-339-9252 or visit us on the website. And uh, if you if you do bother to visit the website, go to the top left-hand corner of the page. Fill out the color of money risk analysis. It's easy. It's a little self-assessment questionnaire. It's a great way to get started and have an idea of where to go and the steps to take to get a comprehensive financial plan put together. All right. That sounds great. Great offer for our listeners out there. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory 
advisory services offered by Gradient Securities LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.